Hey friend, I am so excited you're here. I'm Marianne Anderson. You might know me from This Loud House on Instagram, and I have a secret to share with you. I'm not really an expert, but I have a ton of friends who are. And each week you can join us for inspiring, fun, and practical tips on how to decorate your home, organize your space, take care of your body, chase those dreams, rock that outfit you just got at Target. And girl, we're going to help you with what the heck to make for dinner too. This is the Life Sunny Side Up Podcast. Welcome. You guys are going to love my conversation today with my friend, Nicole Roberts. We have known each other for quite a while, but we got to know each other a whole lot better this past year because she helped you and I sell our home. And she's just a rock star, y'all. She's going to totally inspire you to chase your dreams and hopefully give you some inspo and insight on how you can do this and balance motherhood at the same time. She's got two little ones. We actually met, well, no, you're going to have to listen to hear how we met, but she's a million dollar producer for the past 11 years, y'all. And she is a broker, which I feel is such a just rarity and so cool. It seems to be a man's world. And she opened her office the same month she had her baby. Can you even imagine? So grab your cup of coffee, get ready to be inspired. All right, let's be real. How many of you have ever gotten in a tiff with your kiddos over making their bed? I mean, come on, right? We've all been there. And you guys, I felt like I was just losing the game because even if they made it, it was just, you know, a hot mess and it never really looked made. Enter my new best friend, Betty. You guys, these are handmade beddings that actually zip up. It is that easy. All they have to do is zip up their bed in the morning and you have a beautifully made bed. They are amazing quality. I have them in my boys' room. I have them in my girls' room. It is a combo. Your fitted sheet, your blanket, and your comforter all in one. They're so easy to wash. Whenever my boys sometimes have an accident in the night, I throw them in the washer and then I throw them in the dryer and it's so easy. My kids love them. Their rooms always look neat and clean and I don't have to be like, go make your bed anymore. All I have to say is, hey, zip up your bed and it's become a game. So you guys definitely go check them out and we have a special code for all of our listeners and you can actually get 20% off. They have so many cute styles. I know that you're going to love them. So all you have to do is go to www.bedease.com, B-E-D-D-Y-S.com and make sure that you enter the code thisloudhouse20 for 20% off your order. You are going to love them. Your kids are going to love them. It's going to change your relationship with your kids as far as making their bed. So y'all check them out. Well, you guys, I am so excited to be sitting down with Nicole today. And, you know, Nicole, I'll never forget when I first met you. You probably don't even remember this, but it was at Mops, good old Mops. And I, we were sitting down at our tables and in walks this tall, blonde, confident, like together woman. And I felt like I still had spit up on me and like, you know, breast milk. And I was 
super intimidated. And then you opened your mouth and you were so warm and so real and different. I felt like I was super intrigued because the rest of us are just like stay at home moms, you know, trying to make it through the day. And here's Nicole at Mops. And yes, you're a mom, but you also are this super successful career woman. And I just was super intrigued by you. So for our listeners, I know that nothing happens overnight and you don't just show up that way. And there's a backstory. So how did that process happen? Give us a little bit of the Cliff Notes version of becoming Nicole Roberts that we see today. So the fast version, and thank you for that introduction, by the way, that was really sweet of you. You never really know what other people are thinking anyways, but I was in college going to FSU, working at a bank, doing mortgages, and I kept seeing how much money realtors were making. And I thought, man, I got to deal with these people all the time. They're not that smart. I think I can do this. So I took a semester off. I went and got my real estate license, and then I relocated with my ex-husband to Ocala and figured, okay, I'm not going to do anything with an English degree. So let's try this thing called real estate. So I started working in real estate, actually with Sue Duckett Realty, which doesn't even exist anymore. It was so long ago. This was in January of 2005. So I started there and I jumped around to a few companies here and there. I ended up at Foxfire for 10 years and then decided we were going to start having kids. So it was a better idea for me to get my broker's license and open an office at that point. The balance, the commitment, all those kind of things. I thought it would be better if I could just run everything myself. <laughs> so anyways, I decided to have a baby and open an office simultaneously. So that was the beginning, <laughs> the beginning of All Florida Homes Realty. I love it. And, you know, anybody that sees your social media will see how empowering your agency is to women. And I love that. Was that intentional that, you know, you were going to basically empower women? And uh, do you have any men? I don't know. Do you have any men on your team? So we have one male agent and his name is Drew. (laughs) He kind of plays in the background. Yep. I know him well. (laughs) uh And that's it. Honestly, all of our working realtors are women. It was an accident that that happened. Um, I always thought that I wanted to keep my brokerage boutique style very small. All of us work together very closely. And it's difficult to do that when you have too many warm bodies. You can't really control what's happening with transactions and stuff like that. So we've brought them on slowly and we've slowly grown into the team that we have today which is all women, all moms, all, you know, working our butts off for the common goal of taking care of our families. So it works. It works really well for us. Now take us back to the beginning because I have personally known a lot of friends who have dabbled in real estate, who have tried to get their career off the ground. Did you ever have this moment of, is this really going to work? Can I do this? I did, but that came from the market crash. So I was a realtor before the market crashed. And then when it crashed, I thought, oh no, let me do something else. I actually got hired by Wells Fargo as a financial advisor. And I was going through training and I was sitting in their office. And I think I sat there for eight hours on day one. And on day two, I called the um, VP of the bank at the time, the lady who had hired me and told her, thank you for the opportunity, but I can't do this. And I quit. (laughs) 
<laughs> so then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to make this real estate thing work. And I worked my butt off. I made half as much money as I made the year before, but I survived it. Well, and I feel like you've always kind of had this, you know what, I'm going to do it spirit. Where does that come from? Did that come from your parents? Did you learn that later in life? But you definitely have that like pull, pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of thing. Where did that come from? Um, you know, maybe because I'm the oldest of five kids and it's kind of, you're expected to do everything and to figure it out, you know, possibly I was married previously. I moved here with my ex-husband and when we got divorced, I had it in my head that I was going to make it work here. I wasn't going to go home. I wasn't the one who failed. He failed. And so that was my original motivator my original, you know, fire under me kind of thing that pushed me through a lot of, you know, times where I could have quit because real estate's hard, but it's definitely something I love doing and I feel like I'm good at it. So I've persevered. And then again, you know, here we are in this new place. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's very admirable because a lot of people quit during that exciting time with the market. And I know where we live in central Florida, it was definitely hit hard. So I guess my question is, Nicole, for somebody that is thinking about real estate and, you know, they're thinking maybe they want to make this their career, what tips do you have? What's the best way to start? What would you say to somebody that's brand new? To somebody that's brand new, I would tell them to find a company you're comfortable with, find an agent who's seasoned, who can help you. If you can go in and be somebody's buyer's agent, you should do that. Get the lay of the land, get the practice, be under someone who can guide you correctly instead of just going and joining a big office who just wants to employ a lot of people, you know, have a lot of warm bodies walking around paying an office fee because that won't do you any good. It's a lot of work in the beginning, a lot. And even now, 15, 16 years later for me, it's still a lot of work to continue to keep up, you know, with everybody else and everything else. Yeah, absolutely. So you think that mentorship played a huge part? Huge. huge. Yeah, I did it. I did it myself. I worked under a lot of agents and I bounced around. I mean, not everything works for everybody. And then you get to a point where you don't need that anymore, you know, years later. But (laughs) I definitely think that that's what I would suggest, you know, for someone new coming in, always start with someone. I don't think that this is the kind of business that you can just rush into and do yourself. It's a process. Gosh, isn't it that way with everything? It's so a process. And, you know, I think the other cool thing that really intrigued me about you, I feel like being a broker seems to be like a man's world. I don't see a lot of female, you know, brokers who are out there like owning their own agencies and doing it this way. So did that make you, I guess the word is maybe like insecure that this was a man's world. How did you feel about that when you were starting out? So when I first started real estate, I was in my early twenties and I looked like I was 15. Nobody believed I had a driver's license. So I used to lie about my age and I was always fighting the man, the literal man, the 65 year old realtor, you know, that's our average age in Calamarin County is 65 for a realtor. So it was just constant, constant, constant. And I had a lot of proving myself to do. So I studied, I read, I learned about mortgages, I learned about surveys, about building houses, about land, anything that had to do with real estate that might come up. I educated myself so that I could answer all of the questions. 
which then I became superior to the men that I was working with because they wouldn't know. And I knew every single time. And so, you know, I think that I got some satisfaction from that. So I've tried to continue doing that, always staying educated, trying to stay above bar, above the trend, you know, just making sure that I have correct information and I have information for my buyers so I can help them with everything or sellers also. And I think that your level of excellence sets you apart as well. I know that when we were getting ready to sell our home, I'm like, I got this, Nicole. I'm going to take my own photos. You know, I've got an Instagram account. And you're like, no, you need a professional photographer. <laughs> and, and she was right. Like, you were totally right. And I just, I definitely love that about you. Well, let's talk about motherhood because I know that a lot of the people that are going to be listening to this are moms and the balance is this delicate dance. And you said that you started everything and had a baby at the same time. Take us back to that experience. And what was that like? So I decided to get my broker's license when I was pregnant with my first child, which I thought, okay, let me just get this out of the way. But as anybody knows who's been pregnant, pregnancy brain at six months is crazy. So it was a struggle. I'm surprised that I passed my state exam the first time. I didn't expect that. I think I cried all the way home from Gainesville when they told me I passed. So pregnancy hormones, starting an office. I had a really great girl, another realtor, who was really encouraging me at the time to do it. So I started the office, had a brand new baby, had no idea what the heck I was doing, being a mom, breastfeeding, cloth diapering. You know, I thought I was going to handle all this stuff and then opening the office at the same time. So the first year was a lot of adjusting, but we did okay. And then, you know, it's just, I, I don't have support from my family here. So we kind of had to hire some help for the baby and that kind of thing. And so that was a struggle. Finding childcare is terrible and impossible and you don't want anybody to handle your children and you know how that goes. So yeah, it was just, it was a struggle, but I was committed to it. At that point, I wasn't going to open an office and fail. For me, it's never an option to fail. And then now I had a child to take care of on top of it because I have a lovely husband, but you know, what happens if something happens and all that kind of stuff. So fast forward two years, I got pregnant again. So I have two children. They're four and Emma will be two September 29th. And adding the second one exploded my house, my life. You're like, what is going on? Everything. Yeah, it changes everything. Everybody says that, but I didn't believe them. I thought, nah, I got it. We're handled. So I ended up actually, my family decided to hire an au pair and we have an au pair through an agency from Brazil. She lives with us. September of this year, she'll have been here for one year. So that is probably the best thing we have ever done. She is limited on time that she can work and stuff like that. It's not like she's on for 24 hours a day. You know, she has to have weekends off and that kind of thing. But it's been such a blessing because without her, I would not be able to work. I just love it. We had such inconsistencies in childcare and my children are blue eyed, fair skinned, blonde and red hair. I mean, you know, the struggle with allergies, food allergies, contact allergies, just all these issues that people can't wear perfume when they come to my home. They can't, we can't use coconut oil. We have peanut allergies, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that, that was something that I was really worried about bringing people in 
because of that. So it's difficult to focus as a business owner and to focus as a mom and not just a mom, but a mom and have all these extra things thrown at you. And I feel like every mom has extra things. It might not be allergies. It might be something else, but there's always extra things. I don't think you can ever get away from that. But again, I mean, you know, you find what works for us. It was the au pair and you, you do it. You just make it happen. I don't ever sit around and feel sorry for myself. I'm a solution oriented person. There is a solution for everything. It may not be the solution I like, but there is a solution for everything. I love that. Have you taken the Enneagram test? Mm -mm. Oh, you got to go do that. And then tell me your numbers because it's so interesting, but I love how goal oriented you are and also finding like the happy part of life in everything that you're doing, you know, and when faced with adversity. And I know that's not easy as a mom to go against the grain. I feel like it is going against the grain and saying, this is what's best for our family. And this is what we're going to do. Do you struggle at all with mom guilt, Nicole? Oh my gosh, every day. I'm pretty sure at some point every day I feel guilty. Last night, the kids were crying when I put them to bed because they were overtired. And I felt guilty because they were going to bed 15 minutes late because I was do I don't even know what I was doing. I was on the phone or something. But yeah, I mean, I think every day. But today, on the way home from picking them up from their little summer camp thing, I forgot to bring a bottle for the baby, and she was crying, and I said something about, I'm so sorry, I'm a terrible mom, Emma, and Evelyn in the back of the car said, Mom, you're not terrible, I love you, and I thought, oh my God, I'm the worst mom ever. I think we all have those moments of just like, I feel like I'm failing, you know? Oh my gosh. Well... You know, and it's a process, don't you think? With your first child, you're really just trying to figure it out. And then with the second one, it gets totally insane and you really have to Mm -hmm. figure it out. So I I think you make it look easy, honestly, Nicole. Thank Thank you. Hey guys, so if you never want to miss a podcast or any of the scoop that's going on around here, go to www.thisloudhouse.com and subscribe to our newsletter. You get all the fun freebies that I send out and you can join our amazing community. Again, it's www.thisloudhouse.com and subscribe. Are you still working with your husband? I know that you guys have worked together in the past, right? You've since remarried and, you know, of course had babies. Are y'all working together still? So yes and no. Sometimes we do projects together with homes, stuff like that. At the moment, we're not doing anything together. He's got his own real estate projects going on and I'm doing more of the retail side of everything, which honestly is better. He likes to be able to manage his own things the way he wants to manage them. And I'm a micromanager, self-admitted. I have a hard time letting go. <laughs> yeah. So that it's, it's difficult. It's very difficult to work with your husband that closely. So I try to let him, you know, handle it as much as he can until I have to step in. <laughs> so smart though, that you realize, okay, this is what's going to work for us. And this is yeah. what is not going to work for us, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure he's a, you know, you guys are both entrepreneurs. And so you're both going to be going after something big and maybe to be doing that separate, but together. (laughs) That's exactly. (laughs) Oh man. Well, let me talk a little bit about, because I know that 
people are, especially my listeners, are always thinking about selling their home or, you know, upgrading your home or doing a renovation. And so I'd love to just chat about things that you would put into your home that you feel like you would get back out, you know, that would be valuable, whether it's a pool or it's a kitchen upgrade. But if somebody's looking to renovate their home and be able to get that back out of it, what would you say? What would you recommend? So I know that everyone always says kitchens and baths, kitchens and baths sell homes, but it's true. Kitchens and baths sell homes. And if you don't have the money to renovate your kitchen or your bathroom, you do have the money to declutter your life. So I would say go invest in a box of black garbage bags from Walmart and throw everything away. <laughs> I love it. You're speaking my language. Throw everything away. It. Get rid of it. So honestly, that's the biggest problem that I have is getting people to realize that this is no longer going to be your home. This is going to be somebody else's home. So putting all your personal stuff away, packing up, painting everything in a light and bright color, even if you hate it, it doesn't matter because now it's time to sell. It's time for somebody else to, to move in, somebody else to take the home. So that's really, really the biggest struggle I have is getting people to declutter and to realize that, yes, you may love having a black bedroom. However, your buyers may not love that. So let's take care of that before, <laughs> before we let them in. So, yeah. What do you think about swimming pools? I know, especially for people in Florida, people love a swimming pool. Do you think that's a good investment? So, you're not going to be, if it's not your forever home. Yeah. And that's a difficult question. If you are going to use a swimming pool, then yes, it's a good investment. But if you're putting it in just to resell your home, no, it is not a good investment because you're really not going to get a one for one value back. If it costs you $50,000, you are not necessarily going to get $50,000 of value added to your appraisal when you sell the house. And, you know, pools are one of those things. Either you love them or you hate them. And it's kind of the same with buyers. Either a buyer really wants a pool home and they won't settle for anything else or they do not. It's not really one of those things that's in the middle. You know, oh, well, maybe we do. Maybe we, mm, not really. It's, it's yeah. uh, black and white. Yeah. I know for us, we were like, we're not even going to look at homes that don't have pools because yep. we need one in the summer. So kitchen and bath, that's where the money should go. And I'm assuming just neutral. It doesn't really matter. Does it matter if it's a certain like granite or, you know, that colors, colors right now are like white, gray, and navy. And that's really what's in that kind of like white or light gray cabinet with a blue, you know, navy blue island. White quartz is still really in. So, but you got to be careful going too trendy. Like a lot of that glass tile that was really in, you know, five or 10 years ago, nobody really wants that anymore. So if people are putting glass tile in their houses, they should stop right okay. now. No glass tile. <laughs> Just stop. You know, anything that's classic, classic white subway, classic white shaker cabinets, classic, you know, the, any of those classic clean looks, they will always be in. You will always get your money back for stuff like that. It's when you, you're trying to be too trendy that you run into problems. So stop watching all of the HDTV shows oh, with all the craziness yeah. <laughs> and, and go like Joanna Gaines, right? And just yes. 
super neutral. That's what exactly. about, I've heard um, family photos, like when you want to put your house on the market that you should basically put your family photos away because then somebody can picture themselves living there instead of you. Is there any truth to that? Yeah, definitely. I think putting most of your family photos away is important. Now, some of the ones, you know, you have big professional photos of your fireplace, stuff like that. I think that that's okay to leave. I also point out to my families, the safety factor, because remember when you're getting photos taken of your house, they go on the internet. So if you're having photos taken of photos of your children, like I have photos of my kids when they were really little, like naked baby photos, you know, I don't really want them on the internet. So that would be something that I always point out to people to take down and anything, of course, that's super rare of real high value, anything very expensive. You don't want anything like that in your photos because that's just an invitation for someone with, you know, negative intentions to come in and maybe come into your house for the wrong reasons. Right. No, absolutely. What about pets? I know that the first home we ever sold, we had two pets and it was a nightmare, basically (laughs) trying to keep it clean. And do you recommend that they take the pets out of the home? You know, when somebody's coming to look at the home, how do you, how do you navigate that? So we try to get the owners to take the pets or sometimes we will go, I've gone to people's houses and picked up their dog before they've had showings and things like that. I'm totally not opposed, you know, to getting down and dirty and grabbing the dog or whatever. But yeah, so it can be difficult. And then of course you run into things with cats and things, you know, if you don't want your cat to go outside and someone leaves the door open and the cat runs out, it really is, I feel like the seller's responsibility to corral or take care of the pet because you know, some people just aren't as careful as other people. And the other thing about pets too is the smell and some people don't quite clean up as well as they should and those kind of things. And it's hard to tell a seller, Hey man, your house smells like dog and that's why it's not selling. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, it's light treading, but I think it can be done and I'm pretty, I'm pretty straightforward. I'm pretty black and white. So I usually give my sellers a list of the things that need to be addressed prior to in writing. So hopefully they're not too offended when I leave. You're like, let me be clear with you. This is what needs to happen. And just so you guys know, Nicole, many of my listeners have followed along with the new house and selling the old house. And I literally found the house that we're in right now, called up Nicole and said, get over here. I want to sell this house that we're currently in this week. And I'm sure she thought I was completely crazy. I had 800 million unfinished projects and unfinished paint and we did it. We did it in that week. So, you know, I have seen you live in an action. And so for somebody that is looking for a realtor, because I feel like there are so many options. Oh my goodness. Right. How, what are some characteristics? What are some things that they should look for? And especially I know now with social media, I know you guys offer some things that not everybody offers. So what would they specifically look for? And then if somebody is in central Florida, why would they choose you, Nicole? Tell us. (laughs) So, So let's start with what you should look for. So when you're looking for a realtor, you really want someone who's heavy in the market. You want to have seen them before. 
You want to make sure that this is their full-time job, that they are not a part-time realtor, you know, someone who has a full-time job doing something else. Because the biggest thing about real estate is everything is time sensitive. So that brings me to my next point about you should find someone that will communicate with you. If you contact them, you text them, you Facebook message them, you WhatsApp them, I mean, whatever it takes to get a hold of them and they're responding to you, that's what you want. You don't want someone who takes 12 hours to call you back because in those 12 hours, you missed a buyer selling your home or wanting to buy your home and you missed a house that you could have bought. So everything just moves too quickly to waste time like that. Another thing too is you want to make sure that if you're looking for a realtor, you check their reviews. Make sure that they're advertising everywhere, Zillow, Trulia, and they have good reviews. You really don't want to hire someone with a bunch of bad reviews because yes, sometimes people get mad, but if there's a lot of them, there could be some truth to the statements. You know, and when you're interviewing someone for listing your house, you want to make sure that they have the right exposure the right market exposure, they use a professional photographer, <laughs> professional drone photos, you know, all that kind of stuff. In Central Florida, anywhere around Ocala, even Gainesville, we go down into Citrus County and a little into Orlando, Daytona Beach, that kind of thing. We are a very small group, but you get all of us. I am the broker and the owner. However, I'm always accessible. You can text me, call me, email me, Facebook message me, whatever, and I'll always respond to you as soon as I can. So I think that's a big benefit is you get my experience, but you get all of my team when you hire us. And that's both for selling and for buying and renting, leasing. We do commercial. We really do everything. So. That's so, I love that concept. And Nicole's not kidding because I was the person that would message you at six o'clock in the morning and be like, okay, what are we doing today? So <laughs> I totally know that it's important. And it always really actually, Nicole, made me feel special and made me feel like, wow, she's really on it. And you'd always respond, even though I'm sure some mornings you were like, Lord, help me. So I really, really appreciate that. And I think that your concept of, you know, you get my experience, but you also have this team. Is that normal? Do realtors normally work together like that as a team? Or I feel like it's more individual. It's both. I mean, sometimes I think the biggest difference with the team aspect is when you get a team, a large team of people, there's a couple of like couple groups like this in town, you get the face of the team. And then once you sign up, you never see them again. You never get to interact with them. They're not really representing you in any capacity besides getting you signed on, you know, and I'm not like that because I like to be involved in all of my transactions. I feel like if I were to let them go and just hope everything worked out, nothing would work out. <laughs> so, you know, there's a big benefit for me also to stay involved with everything. It's I know what's going on. People may not know that I know, but I promise you I know everything. We do team meetings, follow up. I have my girls keep me abreast of everything all the time that's going on so I can stay involved, even if it's kind of behind the scenes. Well, Nicole, where have you set some goals? I mean, I feel like you have hit the top. Where do you go from here? What is next for Nicole Roberts? So <laughs> I think I've been looking at commercial spaces downtown. And we were talking about maybe expanding a little bit, hiring one or two more people. 
Also, I was thinking we're going to kind of be pushing into the commercial realm a little bit more, whether that is building or managing. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm leaning more towards building. So we don't really have a heavy presence in property management. I don't like to do it. I don't really like chasing people and I don't like to make my agents that work for me do it. So I think men are better property managers than women are anyways. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Anyways, so that's kind of, we're just going to continue to service everyone like we have been and, you know, grow, but slowly and within our means, you know, being able to stay servicing everybody the same way that we have been. I love that. Do you think that when you look at your gear and you look at the goals, do you still get that kind of feeling in the pit of your stomach? Like, oh, this is exciting, but I'm nervous. Can we really do this? Or do you just look at it and go, I got it. It's happening. Have you reached that point yet? Or do you think we ever get to that point? Uh, You know, I feel like it's sometimes it's, I'm really nervous. And what the heck am I doing? I hired a new assistant at the end of last year. And oh boy, was I sweating bullets. That made me so nervous. <laughs> so, but she's amazing. She's so amazing. And as far as, you know, some other things about our growth, and we've been looking at historic buildings downtown, maybe to move into, I've made a couple of offers here and there. So, you know, that's just one of those things that we're just going to do it. If I can find the right space and we can get it, I obviously have someone who can renovate it for me. So, you know, we'll just get right. it done. Call but. on hubby. I think that's so great yeah. <laughs> that you guys can work together. That's awesome. Well, Nicole, thanks for hanging out with me. I so appreciate it. I know that our listeners are going to love all of these tips and where can they find you on social media? So we are Nicole Roberts and the All Florida Homes Realty Group. And our website is www.allfloridahomesrealty. And Florida is spelled out. So F-L-O-R-I-D-A, allfloridahomes with an S, realty.com. Awesome. And you're on Instagram too, right? All Florida Homes Realty on Instagram. Well, thank you, my friend. I so appreciate it. And it's just been so much fun. I'm excited to see what happens this next year for you guys and where you're headed. So thanks for inviting me. Hey, y'all. So if you would like to join our community on Facebook, we have a special group just for you. You can continue the conversation off the podcast online simply join the Life Sunny Side Up podcast group. Just search in your groups. It'll come up and I will be so excited for you to be a part of this amazing community.